1: Good morning everybody. Let's fix our screen here. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Hope you all had a great weekend. We are waking up this morning to another volatile market. We are down. Uh, had some good action. Had some good action overnight. We're going to talk about the action on Friday and at the close. The, the action last night into this morning. Got some individual movers are, uh, on our mind. Got oil on our mind. We are up above $70 a barrel in oil. Okay, oil is back. We're going to talk Bitcoin. Um, it's a big week this week. I mentioned this out the close on Friday. A uh, big week for analyst and investor presentations. There's like 20 this week on my list of, of investor days and analyst days this week. Uh, so I want to mention that. Uh, GameStop had a headline, so we'll talk about that. Our guest today is Tim Quast. He is the founder of Market Structure Edge. He would join the show at 8.35. On that note, today's show is sponsored by Market Structure Edge. It is the first decision support platform for traders built on market structure. To learn more, go to MarketStructureEdge.com. There is a link up on the screen right there. Let's throw it to Joel. Joel, how are we doing this morning in the overnight trading session? Uh,
2: Rough overnight session, Spencer. Uh, We traded up to 66 and a quarter. That's 38.66 and a quarter on the stimulus uh, package, but uh, some overnight attacks on an oil facility and just a general malaise in the market. (laughs) We sold off 70 handles to 36.96 and a quarter. So here we are. We're bouncing back into 3,800, uh, cl- much closer to the low than the high. Uh, crude oil futures—they were two bucks higher. They were went up as high as 67.98, back down now. Red on the session. Uh, gold was over 1,700 now. Back in the 1600 handle, down 13 and a half dollars at 1685.40. Silver clinging to 25 bucks, that's uh down 22 cents at 25.07. And uh, bitcoin back over 50,000, up 1150 dollars at 50,700. Rollover week, uh, Dennis, and uh. Boy, oh, boy, we're finding the air pockets in the market on Friday and today as well. Yeah. The futures contract rolled over on start Wednesday, Thursday. You'll start trading the June contract.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, you know, is obviously we're going to continue to see volatility and the air pockets are everywhere because we've had continued volatility here. So just blindly chasing Friday's rally, you know, right up to the highs like it was overdone. So now you get some backing and filling, though. So I would say not so much looking at SPY, but have your list. I mean, now at least we have a tradable bottom. Because if you were coming in and buying before Friday, you're trying. You know, I even tried at Thursday's lows. And they took those out. And I got stopped out, you know, on a couple day trades there. So I thought, well, maybe we'll bounce at Thursday's lows. And we didn't. You know, we took those out. But then we had the wicked, you know, two-and-a-half-hour rally all afternoon. So now you look like you had kind of the washout low at least in some of the kathy names because some of these kathy stocks have been hammered for 20 30 40 percent you know not all of them but some of them have for sure i mean her fund itself was down i think almost 30 percent at at the lows there on friday so you know a lot of the holdings are down 40 or 50 percent yeah 159 on arkk all the way down to 106 i think we had the washout kathy low there 106 and a quarter on arkk so Um, Some of those holdings, I think you're going to find buyers into some of these stocks. Now, am I jumping in the high multiple names here? No, but have your list. You know, if you have stocks and you're sitting with a lot of cash and you want to find some good companies, there are some stocks that are definitely on sale right now. So maybe that's what you look at. Get your list um, and, uh, you know, use maybe these opportunities. Today's pullback feels more like a buying opportunity than it did on Friday. I'll say that much.
2: Yeah, Friday, uh, they did get it start to go towards Thursday's low. Not sure what turned us around, but uh, just a little bit. Uh, people got lean to the short side when we looked like we were going to take out Thursday's low, and I'll just tell you that rally, that rally on Friday was just mind boggling. I mean, uh, re- uh, one hundred and twenty off the low. Don't like to see that. You know, I'd rather see us. You know, like you said, do the back and fill here. Have a couple days where you know less volatility. It's hard to when you have those big moves with the volatility. As you can see, it's hard to hold them, even with the stimulus package uh, getting uh, getting passed over the weekend. Seem to be old news, but uh, yeah. it you know well, how, we, ta- how many times can
0: it? we rally on stimulus? I don't know. I mean that, that obviously it's done. I mean, you know, you can see you're not rallying on stimulus anymore. Anybody who bought the S and P's open when we went up 30 handles, we literally were up at one point almost 30 handles here. You're down 50 points. What what are we off the overnight low? 45 uh, off the lows.
2: For, up we're, the highs? we're 20. We're 20 off the lows, and we're 50 off the highs. 50
0: off the highs. You got to watch chasing. I mean, think about what you were buying if you were buying S and P's on that futures open at 3850. You're buying it up within 2 3% of the all-time highs when you have underneath, you know, lift up and take a look underneath the hood. And you literally have, you know, carnage in a lot of stocks. So coming in and paying up 385 for your spies or 386 for your spy equivalent, um, you know, it's not advisable to chase. You're, you're literally chasing it 100 points from where we were Friday. You want to buy the dips and sell the rips. Don't buy the rip on top of the rip. Like we had a huge rip on Friday afternoon. And then we ripped again at the S&P Futures Open on Sunday night. That was another selling opportunity. But again, you know, I'm going to go back and say, I feel like now there are some opportunities. And again, you've got to pick your stocks. If you're jumping into the value names here, I still think that trade is crowded. I think you start looking at some of the tech names. I do think you start just nibbling into some of the tech names Um, you know, there's been just so many stocks, like you can bring up any growth tech has been hammered, but there's been a lot of other stocks too. I mean, Mitch, you were talking about some of the solar stocks. I mean, here, you know, we still, I still think solar is not going away. I don't think solar is over. And if you look at the tan. We gave back three months of gains in the TAN in the better part of two weeks. You got down near great support around that 80.
2: 80, yep. It gets yep. up to
0: 87.48. Now you're pulling back to three bucks. So jump in maybe, you know, maybe a nibble into some of these names. Some power, or our first solar gets an upgrade here this morning. So even though it's still trading down, but that was 110. Now you get down under 70. I mean, these are the kind of names that maybe I nibble into. You just, you know, maybe I just go into the TAN if I don't want to start picking on specific solar names just nibbling not going all in not getting on margin and this is the opportunity and we're ripping higher it's a lot of people underwater it's not going to just be easy sliding all-time highs but i think if you're sitting with a lot of cash i've raised a lot of cash in the last few weeks as i was talking about i think i started deploying a little bit of that this morning
2: all right well spwr that that was over 55, hit a nice bounce. I mean, you're looking at a lot of these charts too, and the lows are an area of other lows. So, I mean, it, it like you said, you'd look up, you look for an area to lean on, you know, you have yeah. the lows, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it, big tech. I mean, I still want to see that turn around, right? I mean, your apples, I've been keeping an eye on this. This is the only thing that I just nibbled in a little bit on Friday. And the fact that it, you know, it just the market's what was what stock? apple, a little bit of apple, of just apple. The, for a little swing because it it took out that low that undercut the low from uh, uh to a week and a half ago. And I don't know, it just feel it feels like it's holding up, it feels like it got beat up after earnings. Uh, but just where it is, and you know, where the, the out is, you know, it breaches 118. Ah, uh, getting it into one nineteen handle that that chart looked good to me, uh, Mister Softy. We have some news on Mister Softy, don't we? Have another hack or something, Spencer? Did I did I hear I that? I thought correct? this was
0: Friday. They're, they've been talking about it nonstop on CNBC. So I you know think it was Friday, news, but, uh, yeah, it was Friday. So we already knew about the hack. I guess maybe it was a little worse than we originally thought. So they're hitting Microsoft and they're buying some of your cyber. Yep. You know, FireEye is getting a little bit of a bid. CyberArk um, is catching a little bit of a bid this point. At least it was. But they're jumping into FireEye, F-E-Y-E. It's up 50 cents. So more hacks. But is that a stock? I mean, let's go to FireEye. You know, just talk technical. Without the hack. I mean, you had a move from basically a breakout through 16, a ridiculous three-day move to 26, which was just, you know, when we all thought it's all about hacks. And, you know, we've given back over half that move. Um eight points. Well, you're getting back the majority of that move. So yeah. at a certain point in time, I don't think it's getting back to sixteen. I'd be a buyer of Fire Eye if it got back to sixteen. Um eighteen ninety or a little bit. But but is that eighteen low from Friday? Is that safe for now, you think, Joel? I think it could be look at be. that. I mean, almost all these stocks, like you look at this one, uh
2: had a low at seventeen eighty-five. Low on uh on Friday, seventeen eighty-eight. So
0: yeah, where'd you grab that seventeen eighty? Oh, that low from uh, that. one Yeah, right here after yeah. that first big up there, seventeen eighty-five.
2: So, if you're keeping an eye on, I mean, this was a big candle. This was a big breakout. Just been dying to break out over sixteen, and it finally got that. Uh, but I, once again, you know, identifiable areas. With the low, you match the low. I mean, obviously, no such thing as a triple bottom, but these stocks have distanced themselves. And what Dennis is talking about, people that feel that they missed the low, this is trading up 1963. I mean, maybe people are going to step up to the close of eighteen ninety-eight yeah. or anywhere near yeah. nineteen dollars. I mean, it sure doesn't feel with the news that you're going to get back down to Friday's so low. We're even starting to creep up now a little bit as we speak. Uh, the S and P's are trying to get back to mid-range on the session. And like I said, we've already traded almost the nine-day average trading range. Also, folks, just you know, you do have a rollover. And that's when the futures contract go from the March to June. So the, the 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 volume, if you want to take your position in the March, in the June, you're long the March, you got to sell the March and buy the June and vice versa. That creates certain air pockets in the market. That's what you saw on Friday. So I think we're in for a couple choppy days here. But yeah. We might not even get anywhere near the low from Friday. And that Monday's high is going to be a tough nut to crack right now.
0: I don't think we're getting near Friday's lows. I think you're going to see, if you look just at the queues, and obviously you can pick your sure. stock that you want to dip, but we had the low on Thursday, $300.11. How low have we been here overnight in the queues? Like just, um, you know, since 4 a.m.? Do you have that?
2: Yeah, I can pull that. Out. I
0: would think there's going to be buyers near 300, like all kinds of buyers near 300 now in the queues. That's kind of where we bottomed out in December there. I know we cut it out. So I don't think we get down to Friday's low. I don't I, I think Friday's Three hundred two, and you're already finding buyers step in. I yep. think that it's already the the proof is in the pudding, right? I already think um, you're seeing buyers step up towards that three hundred area. So I think if you're waiting for Friday's lows, I don't think you get there. I think you got to step in before that. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see actually this market turn green today. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm not calling it and saying it's going to do it anything for sure, but I'm saying if you got a lot of cash, I think you deploy a little bit of it here this morning. So this is a better opportunity than it was buying Friday afternoon, right at the top of the rally. So it was a it was a wicked rally. So they got some people that are like, okay, I've got a little pullback here now. You know, the buy the dip mentality. I think they step in. So individual stock stories. Rocket, want to go to Rocket?
2: Sure, trading up fifty-two cents after that dividend.
0: Yeah, Uh, and this is a a trade that I made, and this is what I mean by an edge. So here's my thought process: I bought a whole pile of rocket on the close, twenty-five ten. You can say, "Well, you're an idiot. You're down sixty cents." No, because it was paying a special dividend. I believe the dividend was a buck eleven. I think so. So my thought process was. They're going to come in, so the adjusted close, you know, Rocket's going to adjust down, close 25.10. I bought it on the close. And, you know, you know the adjusted close is going to end up being twenty three ninety nine. And I'm like, there's going to be people who are going to come in and see Rocket under 25 and be buyers. So my thought process was they aren't going to care. They're not getting the dividend. They're probably going to bid it up. So I've already sold into the, into the rally here this morning. I already banked the 50 cents. Um, but I just, you know, I was thinking this is not this is gonna be a good candidate that it's not gonna go down as much as the special dividend. So I collect the buck eleven and you know, I lose a little bit on the stock price, but you know, on net net I'm making fifty cents here. So um, anyways, that's the kind of edges I look for, you know, just looking at you know, that's called dividend Ah. capture. That's called dividend capture the strategy. Um, it works well on a prop account because I'm 100% taxed on everything, so I don't have to consider implications of a dividend versus capital gains or anything like that. I'm 100% taxed on everything, so I don't have to in, in, think about any of that. It's just money is money. So a buck eleven, I take in. I lose fifty cents on the stock or sixty cents on the stock, uh, so I'm making fifty cents. So, and anyways. what about
2: all the shorts out there? Anybody that had the guts to short into that crazy rally uh, last week? You know, they're looking. Hey, you know. Dividend, no dividend. You know, have to pay it out, obviously. But opportunity trading up, and you said the justice close is twenty three ninety nine on that because it, it was a yeah twenty three ninety nine.
0: And I think you'll find you find buyers starting you know, around here in Rocket. I have a long standing order down at twenty one. If it was to get washed out, which I was hoping, I had a whole I put a whole pile of orders out there just if it really got stupid, like on the washouts. Like I threw out Rocket at twenty one. This was like maybe Thursday I threw them out, GTC. It might have even been Wednesday just in case it got crazy. I had Marvel out there. It didn't quite get down to the Marvel I had at 36, and I got down to 37.92. It's a stock I've wanted to own for a long time, MRVL. You know, I still think they're going to benefit. I don't think 5G is going away, um, you know, and that's a whole other conversation in itself. But, again, I just throw out the discounted limit orders out there on my long-term account. And if it gets to my to a good level, I'm willing to come in something like that. But, you know, these are, you know, Marvel, long-term, MRVL. Isn't, It's not a stock that's trading 50 times sales. Am I coming in Airbnb here this morning? No. Um, I still think there's a huge bubble in a lot of these stocks, Airbnb. Is it going to come back when the market comes back? Sure it is. But, you know, when you're trading at these ridiculous prices, you know, these are the kind of stocks that were completely under attack. So those aren't the ones I just want to jump into. I've got to be a reasonable valuation. I'm all about... Growth at a reasonable price. Not growth at any cost. You know, Kathy just wants to buy growth. She don't care. It's going to grow into it. Works awesome in a bull market. Doesn't work so well, you know, when you get a significant pullback like we saw. So I'm always about GARP. Growth at a reasonable price. I love growth, but I don't want to pay 100 times sales or 80 times sales or 50 times sales for it. Because I went through the tech bubble back in 2000. I watched all those ones that you're paying 50, 60, 70 times sales um, blow up. And, you know, a lot of those companies... Are still around here today, but some of them never got back to the valuations they were trading for. A lot of them did, but took 20 years later. So, you got to be careful paying up too much.
2: Uh, you mentioned the Airbnb. You know what? I just, I think a dash because then they go to uh, IPO like around the same day. That, that, that stock is not doing well at all. I don't know what that moved to 260, but you're right back here at the IPO. Every time I see these commercials and stuff and you know, and like they're like McDonald's. Like, who's gonna like? How lazy do you have to be to like have to get DoorDash to get McDonald's delivered to you? I mean, I know the. <laughs> I I just don't understand. I don't. And then you're paying up. Like, what's a McDonald? What do they charge on DoorDash? The, there's man? a lot.
0: There's a huge premium on those DoorDash orders. What?
2: What? What is? It, I mean, it's
0: a big premium, Joel. I think it's like thirty percent or more. Thirty
2: percent. So. so if it's, you get, it's it's a lot.
0: It's Spencer, do you know? I don't top my head at all, but i've I've done it before. I think it's different like it's it's still you know here. it's a is, lot it's Somebody knows in the bucks. chat, but I think I've heard as much as thirty percent
1: there was a a tweet that went viral last year a a restaurant owner had had tweeted out um a breakdown, like a really large order that had come in through Doordash, and they tweeted out like like you know, fees for this. take that out, take that out, take that out. And by the end, they were left with like a fraction of of the total, they they being the restaurant, were left with a fraction of like the total, uh, earnings from the order because Doordash and you know, other fees had taken out most of it. Uh, but yeah,
0: they they do. I mean, they charge you. It's a convenience, and they definitely charge you for it. So Let, let's think about this. <laughs> let's think about this, though. I'm hearing forty percent, thirty percent. It's thirty a, to forty percent. Thirty. fifty-eight percent. Thirty. 30, is 58%. 30 eight, what Chris yeah. Tucker just said that CNBC did a story on this, and it's 58%. Okay, yeah, it's so here's lot. my thought process here. That's is it. there is margins to be squeezed here. Yeah. Squeezed. If they're charging 50%, there's going to be other little startup companies that are going to do it for 40. There, there already other are. companies that are going to do it for 30. And there's going to be other companies that are going to do it for 20. So if you think they're going to sit there with happy 50% margins, you are wrong. I absolutely hate this story. Um, because, well, I don't hate the story. I hate the valuation. Um, it's trading at a ridiculous valuation. Is it the best in breed? Right now it is, but competition's coming, and those margins are going to get squeezed. And this company is not going to make nearly the amount of money. They don't make any money, but if they're ever th- thinking they're going to eventually make money, they're not going to make it 50% on every sale. That'd be making 40% on every sale going forward. It's not going to happen. You're going to look at this in two years, and there's going to be companies doing it for 10%. So that makes me think Dash is a huge bubble. I would not be buying a dash pullback. Can it go up? Can it go back to two hundred? Can it go to twenty? Yeah, sure. No, no. I think when the dust settles, when we look at this five years from now. I think the stock is under fifty bucks. I break I, yeah. that down. I think it's under fifty dollars when I look at I'm it. I'm going
2: to. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. I mean, holy mackerel! But uh, anyways, it's near monthly support. If you feel like you know, taking a dip. I mean, the two months of the IPO. Uh, under one forty, it's currently one forty seven fifty four. I mean, I see some people. All you know, my kid was quarantined at school. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, certain special purposes like that, or you know, if you don't have a driver's license or you're handicapped or something. Yeah, but man, that is just. I don't know. I, that is. I can't even say a dash for trash in this one, but uh, I just wanted to bring it up because I was looking at the air B and B. I don't S&P, get it. I don't get, I don't get it either. It at at I can't all. believe the IPO. Uh, I've never got it. Uh and crawling back here, uh, back. trying to get back. Yeah, mid range on the session is uh, thirty one and a quarter. We're we're almost there. If a uh, couple D gives a, uh, a I
0: should have been buying point. my stocks in the pre market, the ones yeah. in my long term portfolio. Yep. So yeah. my list, if you want to know the stocks, and I don't have any of these yet, so I hope they don't buy them up on me. But, you know, Marvel I'm looking at, MRVL is on my list. Sure. I looked at Ballard Power, uh, BLDP, because I'm Canadian. This 20 level is a big level. And look at Friday's low, 20 and a quarter. Um, not, not that this is a cheap stock at all, but I don't think the story's over here yet. You know, that Ballard Power is plug power. You know, some are plug power, Fuel Cell, Ballard Power kind of all go together. Um, Plug's been hit hard, too. I I don't think the stories are completely over here yet. Fuel Cell has come down significantly, but it was two for so long, and now it's 12, I still feel like. I kind of like the Ballard Power 20, looking at the 20 level. I feel like it was a washout lower from 30 to 20 in four days.
1: Hey, Joel, can you do me a quick favor and just stop sharing your charts and then share them again? Okay. i'm having trouble with joel's charts i'm having trouble with joel's charts right now I, it's not joel I don't, I don't think it's joel's fault i think it's the streamer's fault but oh it should be no it's i i don't for once i don't think it's you okay <laughs> we
0: like to blame joel for everything no i I was didn't, just didn't giving my list before you yeah. go on the tangent here if you guys will have other ones too i like mitch's here h-e-a-r i liked it at 20 though it didn't quite you know it still weighs off of that 22 so i had a level of 20 for a turtle beach h-e-a-r um, I do like Corsair Gaming. This is one that I held CRSR and I shouldn't have. I didn't I held a couple growth names. I like the CRSR story. I should not have held this. I should have sold it, uh, but I held on to it. But I like Corsair Gaming too. I'm already in it though, and I'm down. Um, so you can trade my heat if you want. 3121 is um, you know, where it's bid here this morning. But I kind of like that one too. So these are just longer term, these aren't trades. These are like stuff that I'm looking to either put in my long term investment portfolio or already have in there. Couple stocks,
3: and then All tan. Right.
0: Like I was saying, I, I, I want to add some more solar back in, so I might just go to the tan yeah, um, down the get. and get. Hope I don't get tanned. That's
2: a big. That's a big. red uh big sell off. We already took. We talked about this one. We talked about the uh yeah. the eighty dollar level. So. That's a
0: huge level. So you get anywhere near eighty two. Like, if you get a significant pullback here, I don't know if you're going to get it this morning. I think you might almost have to be striking at the 84.85. I don't know if you're going to get down to the 81.82, but maybe you do. I mean, we're not out of the woods. We're not out of the woods. Not going all in, not getting on margin, just redeploying some of the cash I raised a week and a half ago. That's all.
2: All right, back at back at uh, the halfway point on the session, right there, nice rally, thirty eight thirty one. We just ticked. Uh, we do have a deal, Apollo. Man, this, they're they're on a buying spree, huh? Well, what they did buy? They, they bought uh, what? ATH. Yeah, ATH is,
1: yeah, it? A-T-H is the ticker, a ticker. ATH. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, oh. um, is this cash? It, no, it, it's an all stock merger. Um, so the ratio is Athene shareholders will get 1.149 shares of Apollo
0: for every uh, share well of all stock mergers. Yeah. So it's AP, What's the Apollo symbol APO. APO.
2: That the was reason you,
0: you often see them get hit, the acquirers. But remember, Apollo, this is what they do. Yeah. I mean, they buy stuff. So it's not like out of the realm, oh, you know, yeah, they paid a big premium, but this is what Apollo does. What do you think of Apollo? I mean, 5.7% dividend on Apollo, too. Like, that's a nice divvy. This is a stock that doesn't do a heck of a lot, but, you know, they're smart, man, over there. I have their SPAC, which hasn't really done anything um, besides actually start to go down the last three weeks with every other SPAC, but I don't know. I, I don't mind. I, I'm not paying up a buck here. Yeah, I'm not sure if why. if it pulls you're... back in, if whatever they decide, oh, they're going to hammer it on the on this, if they decide to start knocking it down. Get down here 45, 46 on APO. I kind of like it.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, W5. I don't they jacked this thing to fifty four and I'm thinking, Wow, they're trading up on the deal but uh that's a stupid. came, yeah, that that was that was just a high tick around the four thirty time and now it not 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 even four thirty, it was after that. So that's big coming in as well. That was actually yeah, that was just uh like at seven o'clock. That's between six thirty and seven, hit fifty four. I do see that forty eight dollar area did get down there on Friday, did get down there last week and then also that was your february low um at uh right just under 48 i believe that was 4767 so there's your level in apo
1: what what about gamestop here there was a headline this is from Blo- from bloomberg this morning i this is just a report from bloomberg nothing confirmed yet just a reporter um on from bloomberg saying that ryan cohen is going to, I guess, take a more active role in leading the company's transition to an e-commerce business. That was always the implication, right? That Ryan Cohen was going to come in yeah. there and and lead them to to the e-commerce glory. And that's what the headline is saying this morning. That he's just going to help them with uh, with that, and they're going to they're going to name a new uh, a new CTO, uh, I guess, imminently. Um, I don't know when.
2: But it stopped going down. Oh,
1: no, And we've
0: been talking about it's, it, Yeah, uh, It just stopped going down. It won't go down. When the yeah. stocks won't go down, they want to go up. Like, I, I I actually bought this thing a couple of times. I just can't stomach it. Um, I bought it 117. I was like, I'm going to hold on to it for a bit. And I bought it 125. And I, I, I shake out. It's such a wicked little stock. Because you're buying it, and you're thinking, I'm really buying you know, something at a ridiculous valuation, and I can't stomach it. But the technicals are just telling me. If this stock continues to want to go higher, I think you're eventually going to challenge that 184, which is nuts. It's nuts. You know, it doesn't make any sense. But you got to just separate yourself, you know, in this technicals, like separate yourself from the fundamental thoughts of this company. Because it is completely disconnected from fundamentals. It does not care. It will one day. But I don't know when that day is the day of reckoning comes for that. But right now, this looks like it wants to test the 184 um i'm not chasing it i'm not trading it i'm just saying i'm not shorting this thing and buying puts either because this thing just doesn't want to go down i mean we we talked about
2: this i think kenny was on uh the afternoon nut show on thursday and i'm just like you know someone asked about it and i'm like well you got you got a string of higher lows 86 then 99 97 112 20 113 12 115 30 and then Friday it was 127.54. So also, uh, I mean, you did have one lower close in that area, but when you have higher lows, I mean, that just tells you someone wants to own the stock and they're yeah. they're yeah. stepping up their bids. So and also, I mean, that you mentioned that 184.68 that got a little silly. Um, I know I think on the day there was something, Ryan didn't he say something about the company should sell like a bunch of stock at two hundred and then take the money and put it into Bitcoin. Was that something that I did I dream that up, Spencer? You um,
1: you that was that was a Kramer uh tweet. That was like a hypothetical okay. thing. That was nothing that's Okay.
2: Like,
1: I, I, I I think I think that was just Kramer trolling. I so I just throwing was, stuff out? Okay. Yeah, I don't know but
2: anyways at uh, pre-market high, I'll just give that to you right now. I don't know how the pre-market levels work in this thing, but one fifty-eight. And on the dailies, really, the only thing you have. Where'd we settle that day? Oh, that day we hit one eighty-four sixty-eight. We settled way down at one hundred eight seventy-three. But this is uh, this is not about the next highest close that you have. And this is from February first at two twenty five. I don't think we're going to see that, but it um,
0: could do anything though. It can. So that's for sure. I think you just uh, somebody else says you have to have diamond hands to trade this, and I believe it. That's why I'm struggling <laughs> with it because mm-hmm. I don't have diamond hands. I, I definitely don't have diamond hands. Not diamond hands here. They're they're just hands. Dennis has, pa- Dennis has pa- paper mache hands. His hands <laughs> oh, don't even
1: not It's not well. even paper. It's too, it's paper I mache. I don't hold
0: well at all.
2: No. No, you don't. All right, only down seven triple D. Keep the bullish rants going here. We got we may see unchanged here, so wow. A lot of volatility here uh in the pre-market and uh
0: probably yeah, I up the same actually, for the day. Yeah. I, got, I might have to cancel some orders here. I mean, I wish I was buying the dip when I was talking about buying the dip half an hour ago about doing a radio show. Chat. <laughs> uh, All right. Should, should we talk
1: about McAfee real fast? MCFE they just Are announced. Yeah, they announced this morning a they're gonna issue a special divvy, a four dollar and fifty cent special dividend, uh, and they're gonna reduce their debt by about a billion dollars uh, upon the close of uh the transaction cash. of its enterprise business. So they're selling their mm-hmm. enterprise business and they're using the cash, giving it right back to shareholders. Basically like. basically, yep. Yeah.
2: Now look at this. You say a four dollar dividend? That's what huh. it said. We're leaving some us some money on the table here's,
0: here uh, yeah but here's the issue and you never this is the stupid bull market that we have been seeing stocks pay a ten dollar special dividend and they rally the stock ten dollars that is absolutely the stupidest thing they think oh it's free ten dollars it's not that's coming from the company it's just a reallocation of resources it's really no more money so paying up ten dollars for ten dollars special dividend is the dumbest Costco. thing ever but they've been doing it they've been doing it and you know, you look at here and you say, Oh, it's only up three, and you know it's a four dollar dividend. Why is it not up to four? Because that's what they've been doing. I'll tell yeah, you, f- eventually that you know it doesn't that doesn't happen in normal markets. It's just been this relentless bull market. I'm gonna have to cancel all my orders here. Look so, at this, look at this rally no, here. I,
2: oh I, I, I gave the it half this is hour hour ago. Best. I know, I know, I just I just didn't even
0: eat. participate hardly. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping that at the, at the open could I, like, oh, I some know, stocks in my longer term account. I'm day trading. You know, I'm still day trading here, but man, I'm disappointed here. I wanted the I wanted to hold on a little oh, bit. Oh, there'll here. be a
2: little still be some, believe me. There'll be some shaking and baking today. You you get uh, I don't know if we'll get back down to those pre-market lows, but Holy mackerel! Did we get news? I'm back. Is there anything new? To news me, Spencer. Is there anything or just a good old fashioned <sighs> buy the dip mm, here? Nothing that
1: wasn't that over the weekend, you know. I mean, okay, we're all getting more stimmy checks.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And oh, know. let's uh, do. We want to do. Uh, do we want to do Kathy Wood? Uh, I mean, like, yeah. Okay. I always want to do I, Kathy. I don't, I don't even thought.
1: remember. What what Kathy would do? Uh, that's what we're calling this now. We're calling what Kathy would do, and or what uh, she did, or what she did. Let's see. I have to go
0: all the way back to Friday. I don't remember. I her. have the list. Okay. Well, here all the on. same, all the same stocks, pretty much. There was a couple new ones on there. I hadn't seen S E E R in a while. Joy, you got to see this one. Bring up Friday night. Friday night, they were buying, and there was some. There was actually some size going off up there. So here's where traders are absolutely doing it wrong. Sir yeah. been hammered. $81 know all the way down on Friday was it looks like capitulation. They knocked it down to 40. What is Kathy that? bought the stock on Friday comes out on arc. They bought this thing up to 51. They bought it up over 20% because Kathy bought some shares. Somebody was paying up 20% for them. Jesus perfect. Yeah. So I'm, I tweeted out as like if like cuz I I'm like looking at that and I'm looking at people paying up at 51. I was like these people are going to lose money. So I tweeted it out and said, "If you're paying up twenty percent for a stock that got hammered by Kathy, but that got hammered today, earlier today, and just because Kathy Wood bought it, you are absolutely doing it wrong." Um, you, you know, some smart people may have been buying some of these stocks on the close, knowing that maybe Kathy comes into this one. But this was a relatively new pick, so they're like, "Oh, automatically, Kathy Wood picks up twenty percent." Not in this market. <laughs> Not in this market. Anyways. It's, it's doing okay still for you. It's up 9%, but the person, people who are buying at 51 it traded some size up there, not huge size, but it was trading. Well, it, it, up I up saw there. it. At a, yeah, a couple
2: yeah. thousand shares. You would yeah, have a
0: few thousand shares that. were trading up there. So now it's offered 47. Last tick was 45.50. So you're immediately down six bucks. Um, and you're still up 9% here. It's still having a good morning, but it was just such a ridiculous pay. So I, I, I can't understand, you know. The mentality to just come in and, oh, the Kathy trades back on, let's pay up 20% for a buy. You've got to understand your market environment. The market environment that we're in is not as hungry as the market environment we were in three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, paying up 20%. I never pay up 20% for Kathy Woodstock. Three weeks ago, though, you know, it might have actually been okay. Not in this environment. So could it go up back to there? It might, but you're already down. You know, you could have, you know, obviously bought a lot cheaper if you were to just wait till this morning. We got
1: Tim in the background? Oh, we do. It's thirty-five. I lost track of time. Sorry. Um, Okay. Let's bring Tim on. I apologize. I I was in my own little world there for a second. All right. Tim Quast is the founder of Modern IR and Market Structure Edge. Joins us every week for Market Structure Monday. Let's do some Market Structure Monday, guys. Let's do it.
3: Tim Quast, good morning. How are we doing, sir? Guys, great to see you. Greetings from Steamboat Springs.
1: How how we how the market treated you last week? It was a, it ended up being a good week overall
3: somehow some way. How you doing out there? Well, here's here's what I think, uh, and it's going to require some sacrifice for one of us. <laughs> um, ever since ever since uh, I went to the Caribbean, Karen and I went to the Caribbean end of January, and of course, uh, the market soared after after dropping. And uh, and the snow showed up in Steamboat, and ever since we came back, the market has been miserable, and uh, it stopped <laughs> snowing. So I believe we're going to have to draw straws, uh, exactly, and see who's got to go to the Caribbean so we can get this market corrected.
0: Uh, oh, that and that sounds like a pretty bad punishment to have to <laughs> I, go to the Caribbean here. Right. <laughs> You're like hoping for the short yeah. straw, straw on this one, aren't you, Tim? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and to answer your question, Spencer, you can see I've got some pretty good sun. And uh, so the okay. I was hanging out on the slopes, and uh, and by and large, okay. staying away from the market because remember we talked about this uh, back on February twenty second. I said if you look at the market for about ten days, uh, market structure will tell us it's not going to be a good place to be. Now we're getting very close to the end of that, uh, the turning point, and so often for for uh, retail traders, we we unfortunately we tend to be. Late, right? We we about the time things are improving is about the time that we leave, and I'm hoping that these these Monday discussions that we have will will help folks come to understand the cycles that occur in the marketplace. And I I caught a little bit of your Kathy Wood discussion, and I think there's. Uh, something important to understand about exchange-traded funds. You know, she's run this very successful uh, family of ETFs.
1: I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to ask you about it anyway, but keep going.
3: Okay, okay. So it, there is there, an important concept to understand about ETFs, and they have an advantage that we don't. And they're going to do things periodically that most of us can't. So one of those key things is that they can wash out capital gains. So you can you can use what's called the redemption basket. You were talking about uh, S E E R, Dennis, and yeah. this could you could apply to Tesla, uh, Apple, Facebook, Google, yeah. all of these things that have had extraordinary performance. So if you're if you want to redeem ETF shares and realize she had some outflows. Uh, a couple of billion dollars of outflows. So what she will do is put in this basket. There's It's like a shopping list. And so into this basket will go names of stocks. And she will push those out through the market through what are called authorized participants. And, and those will be traded for shares of ARKK and, and maybe other members of the family. And, uh, and when that happens, She is able to reduce the tax consequences for the ETF. Then when she brings them back, they will be brought back at a stepped-up basis, and she won't have to pay taxes on those. You and I will still have to pay taxes on the performance of the ETF shares, but I think a lot of that is going on. I think it's occurring across the market because, keep in mind, uh, tech, consumer uh, discretionary, and communication services combined are over 50% of market cap. And it's and consumer discretionary and communication services are not, there's a lot of tech in there. Consumer discretionary includes Amazon and Tesla. Communication services has Facebook and Google. And so if these parts of the market go down, I don't care how well you know GameStop does or GE or the 2.5% of the market that is comprised of energy stocks, that cannot possibly carry the market. To new highs it requires those major engines of the marketplace and when this process of washing out capital gains has run its course then those stocks will come back i i will there is a qualifier but that event is coming we have quad witching coming up not this week but next week and i Good expect point. this process is going to be done by then that's my expectation
1: tim what do you make of of the 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 rising hullabaloo of the ARK Invest uh, liquidity risk right now. Uh, And the, the, the idea that they're getting so big in a number of uh, less liquid stocks that should they receive a waterfall of outflows, then that would open them up to some, to some serious problems and, and potentially having to trade at, at, at massive premiums to
3: NAV. Could happen. Uh, The, 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 uh, The advantage, though, again, so here's point number two with ETFs. And I had this conversation, by the way, with the BlackRock ETF team about three years ago, after we had done about three years of research trying to understand how these instruments work, because it's actually very complicated. They seem like mutual funds that trade like stocks. There is no such thing. A mutual fund regulated as an Investment Investment Company Act of 1940 A fund has to give everybody the same price. Therefore, there can only be one price per day. So how could an ETF offer prices throughout the market? Well, by offering a substitute. ETF shares trade as a substitute for the assets of the fund. That's the only way it works. So an ETF will create a basket and say, here's the stuff we will require or will accept uh, in order to create more ETF shares and vice versa. Well, they could substitute. If uh, So what Kathy Wood could do is say, okay, I, I'm looking for the fangs, but I'll also take cash in lieu. And the BlackRock team, I said to the BlackRock team, uh, so you would take cash in lieu of, of equities? And they said, yes, and we'd over-collateralize it. So 105% probably. I said, could Morgan Stanley write you a check for the basket? And they said, we take good collateral. Uh, so the, to, to answer your question, yes, but in as that fund grows, I, I expect that they will use more cash in lieu and less stock to try to control that risk. It's entirely within uh, the, the legal uh, uh, limitations that these funds are allowed to do. And it won't show up as cash on the book. It will show up as whatever the equity is that that is in lieu of. So it will be Tesla. Or Facebook, but it'll be a bunch of cash. Well, that works so long as the market doesn't move too dramatically. You know, cash has very sustainable value, uh, but a big move could be trouble. Sure, this could happen to the whole market when you think about the tri- $5 trillion tied to ETFs. It's process, that, I just thought. want to hop
2: in. Tim, is, <laughs> is, is, this, is this process been done before by somebody else, and how did
3: it end up? Oh, sure. Yeah. uh, In fact, there was a fund two weeks ago. The, The name of it escapes me, but they had to close it to redemptions because of some dramatic moves in the parts of the market that it's exposed to. Sure, it can happen. These ETFs, remember, are dependent for prices on volatility. There is the volatility of the basket of stocks and the ETF shares. And in order for market makers to participate, to say, we will take the risk of buying and selling these things, there needs to be predictable volatility. When it becomes unpredictable, and I think this is also a problem in the market that's beginning to manifest, when it becomes unpredictable, then a big market maker like Morgan Stanley or Jane Street or Citadel is going to run a calculation and say, uh, we're not taking a risk on that. And they stop making a market in it. Well, one p- party removes itself from the equation and you can get destabilization. And it is something I'm concerned about. And I'll show you when we come around to a little bit of data.
0: I mean, this is what we saw during mm-hmm. the flash crash. You know, this is what we saw right. during the, yep. the two flash crashes. Really, there's the May, May 6th one of 2010 and the 2016 one, which doesn't get as much highlights, but it's definitely yeah. same same animal cut from the same cloth that we've got all of our liquidity Mm -hmm. being provided by a select amount of market participants with no affirmative obligations and going gets tough they pull their bids and we're left with nothing exactly the market that we have though so 99 percent of the time it operates very well 99.9 percent of the time and then you get these little you know (laughs) instances where risk gets elevated to a certain level the market maker gets too heavy and they're
3: like okay we're out (laughs) exactly that's and look, you can't blame them. And and, and I'm not uh, you know, fostering fear here. I don't worry about that because we, we here, we understand market structure. And I think it's important for if you're going to be a trader in this market, you need to understand it too. But you don't have to be afraid of it. You just have to realize that it has limitations and they're going to manifest as volatility increases. And so we hit a 52-week low in volatility February 12th. I mentioned this last Last time we were on, that's the same day, by the way, the Chinese stocks topped for the year, same day fangs topped, same day that the general tech sector topped. And ever since then... Things have begun to deteriorate and volatility increases. And so what you have to know as a trader is there are like eight parties that are responsible for almost 90 percent of customer orders. That's crazy. Uh, So so you have to realize that that can become a bottleneck. And what you want to protect yourself from is, well, where will the bottlenecks show up? Well, they'll show up where all the market cap is. (laughs) Though fifty percent of market cap is tech, communication services, and consumer discretionary, they're going to struggle if there are redemptions, and you need to know that. So when you look at your, you know, where how sentiment is moving in the market, when those things top, reduce your exposure to them uh, because they could become they they could crumble if things really start accelerating.
0: Let's take a look. You Mm -hmm. know, just Let's, yeah. let's go look at, you know, and get your thoughts first on the overall market. We've had a significant week of volatility yeah. here. Um, obviously, we look like we had a washout low on Friday in the queues. Can you give us, you know, just your market structure look, you know, maybe on the queues yeah. here because they really got hammered. They had a nice snapback rally. What's your market structure? Um, what, what's your what's your system saying?
3: Well, let's uh, let's pick a couple of examples just yeah. to just to illustrate where yeah. things are. So let's take GameStop. You know, always fun to talk about. And remember, I said that it looked pretty appealing. I made money trading GameStop in the last couple of weeks uh, because market structure was very appealing. But now I look at it and say, it's a ten out of ten. Ten is the ceiling. One is the floor. And it's simply a measure of supply and demand. When you're bouncing against the ceiling. That's good demand, but it also means people are going to begin to struggle to fill their orders, and and you need to be aware of that. Plus, it's 57% short; it's topped, uh, and active money is in here. Active money is often the sucker, right? So I would look at GameStop and say, if you've been trading this thing, no matter there's you know there's some some interesting rumors this morning about uh, the role of one of the board members there to try to improve the outlook for for GameStop but I would look at this from a market structure sen- uh, standpoint and say well it's bouncing off the ceiling and short volumes above the trend I'm out now conversely look at Moderna you know Moderna is the exact opposite and these are just a couple of touch points of the market by the yeah. way if you want to follow along and do the same thing uh, Uh, traders go to marketstructureedge.com you can set up a portfolio for free no credit card and you can see what i'm talking about here and how simple it is to just look at at uh, market structure when moderna is at a 10 out of 10 and short volume is below trend stay the moment those things begin to deteriorate sentiment begins to fall short volume pops above trend get out It's it's not that complicated and when it, Now it's bottom. Now I'm watching this. I'd like to yeah. see short volume back right in line with trend, but this tells me the next opportunity is going to be in the, in the modernas. These, that's the way the cycles run. They're very short-term, and they're for the same reasons we just discussed. Uh, ETFs and indexes will get overweight, and they'll underweight themselves. Options will expire, will hit the month end, and people have to true up their futures contracts. And those things create cycles that you can that will manifest in sentiment like this. So looking at tech, Dennis, uh, you know, if we, t- we talked about Palantir. I'm looking at tech, and tech is starting to get very attractive. I mean, it's not, you know, it so hasn't taken- so <coughs> it's over-sold. way oversold, right. And I think money is going to have to come back into it. There is one concern that I have broadly, and that's here. If we look at the broad market sentiment, S and P 500, we use SPY as the as the proxy for that. Here's the issue: this is measuring the overall waxing and waning of supply and demand in the S and P 500. <clears throat> so, you know, when it <clears throat> we drop down to the green line here, that's a sign that we'll probably get a surge. <clears throat> Here's the peak, right about you know, right about that. It was the 18th for the SPY. It was about the 12th for overall tech now we've been at the same level for four days running my my question is is that a bottom or is it a top if it's a top very a very weak top i'm very concerned about the fact the market could correct that's that condition has preceded every market correction over about the last 10 years i'm not saying it's going to happen but it's the one threat and i think it would sort itself out fairly quickly Heading into quad witching next week, but that concerns me. I'm definitely not coming back into tech until I see that improve. But Let's, Moderna could be very attractive.
0: What about ExxonMobil? Because this has been a real run. This is where people have been hiding from the tech wreck. They have jumped into yeah. energy hand over fist. The right. stock, ExxonMobil, which everyone hated back in November was $33, has almost doubled to $61 yep. here. What's your market yep. structure to show on ExxonMobil?
3: Ten out of ten, top fifty-five percent short. We're, you know that tells me that the the wild card, and people don't talk about it enough. Look at that. I mean, it's been at the sea. It's been. This has been. This is what Tesla used to look like. <laughs> you go back to you know May of last year, and Tesla was slamming into the ceiling like this. Yeah. And so, but look at short volume. So if we're looking at a three month period, a very good stretch of time to look at, it's at a ten. But short volume is massive. And so what this will tell us is that high-frequency traders, the citadels of the world, know that money is overweight Exxon. It's overweight energy. It doesn't mean energy is going to fall apart. Energy will be driven by the dollar. As long as the, as the dollar is weak, I don't care what happens at a Saudi uh, you know, a refinery. I don't care what else happens. If the dollar strengthens, energy will de- decline. If it remains weak... Energy, the oil prices are going to remain strong. That still does not mean that all these funds are not going to reweight, And I think they're going to reweight right into quad witching. And that's not this week, but next week, because uh-huh. look at the short volume. It's telling us that high speed traders think supply is going to come into the market and they want to be on that side of the coin. And that's what it's telling
0: us. So you'd be taking profits and stocks like that right now.
3: Abs- absolutely. Yep. That's just a very simple mathematical uh, conclusion. Yep. No emotion at all. Just look at the short volume and the sentiment. Get out. Yeah. All right. Tim
1: Quas is the founder and CEO of Modern IR and Market Structure Edge. Joins us every Monday for Market Structure Mondays. Tim, we always appreciate it. Thanks a lot, sir. Good to see you guys. Have a good day. All right, eight fifty-two, Joel,
2: what's up? Yeah, quad witching, Uh, someone's asking about that. And Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about it only happens four times a year. We like to call it the triple witch, March, June, September, and December. That's when you have options on stock, stock index futures, uh, options on stock index futures, and single stock futures. I don't know if anybody's still trading them, but they all expire the same time. And a lot of times... It creates, you know, turning points in the markets, excess volatility. The contracts roll over this week for the future. So that's why you're seeing this choppy trading. But a week from Friday, the third Friday of the month, is that that's where we're gonna be uh that's what's gonna be the fireworks. So something that we look forward to. All
1: right. Eight fifty three here. Let's do some tickers from the chat. uh sure. I'm seeing a few people ask and uh, talk about these NFTs, these non fungible tokens. I want to recommend an sh- a interview we did last week. I'll put it in chat right now. This is uh, for all you people who are seeing the headlines uh, this morning or over the weekend about Jack Dorsey putting up his first tweet for sale and fetching a bait of millions of dollars. And Does Jack
0: Dorsey get that money? Like well, that, the actually, well, first
1: tweet. My my first question was why does he need it? But yeah, he that money's going to him.
0: Uh, he's good though. He but you know what Jack Dorsey gives. He he's he's a, okay. Very much into and, philanthropy.
1: And it, it's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I want to put this uh, uh this link in uh to I just put it in chat right there. Uh, like an hour long interview with these guys who are in the non fungible token space. They host a podcast. They talk all about NBA top shots, what that is, how tokenization works. Uh, so oh, I want right. to put that out there. It's. It's basically a new asset class, um, and
0: it's insane.
1: It's it's pretty wild stuff, guys. It's pretty wild stuff.
0: I mean, I thought Bitcoin was insane off the hop too, and it seems to so you know, insane well, yeah. can rain for a long time. Bit- but I can't understand why one you would want to own Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Two, why we would pay millions of dollars for it for something we can simply all read. We can go get it, but you are the official owner of his first tweet. I mean. This what? just Joel. I can't even imagine what's going through <laughs> your head. On this kind
3: of show.
0: Like I saw some digital picture of some digital. Yeah. Over the weekend, and maybe this was going viral. I'm not sure what it showed up, and my buddy uh, sent it to me, and it sold for 1.3 million dollars. It was a, it, artwork.
1: It was a Banksy, and this remember this was always. When, when when people were asked oh what are the what are the use cases of this technology what are the use cases of blockchain this was it like this was one of the first things that people say so, oh,
0: so everybody knows who owns this they officially own it there's and, no way to steal it
1: right and uh, ownership of is ownership. there a way to
0: steal an nft is there a way to steal it yes. somehow? like how no. do you like okay i buy jack dorsey's tweet for two million bucks And now I officially own Jack Dorsey's first tweet, even though I don't know what you do with it. Um, Is there a way somebody could potentially steal that on you? No, but there is a way for you to lose it. How would you lose it? Well, if you lose your, like, password and stuff,
1: then, then, like, because it's on the blockchain. So if if you lose your your password to your your digital wallet, you can... uh, This is the
0: market that pump and powell has created joel there's just so much money going around like in you know in certain pockets and they don't know what to do with it and now they've created a whole new asset group to try to find the money and, oh yeah i'm going to invest in jack dorsey's first tweet hey this is borderline it's, insanity. it's an asset it, you know it's, it, not it, an it's, asset. it's
1: nothing there a market is well people are willing to pay you know what i mean
3: <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> people crazy. are
1: willing to pay I don't what, what i want to know is when are we going to tokenize Pre-market prep and, and start,
2: and a of people to buy our shows.
1: You can buy
0: our first show. We I'll didn't... tell you, Joel, it was terrible. I don't
2: even know. <laughs> I don't even know if we could find that.
0: I don't know either. It if was on, the first show on SoundCloud. They had like third. There's probably like ten people listening to us back then. I don't. And it was absolutely. We weren't even. We didn't even have visual. We didn't have no pictures or nothing. We all we had was like. Just our voices talking technicals. It was just awful. Okay. Well, the NFT.
1: Do you know what the tweet was? Yeah. It's setting, up my, tweet. Tweet. It's setting up my Twitter. Uh, yeah. That's what it is. Just setting up my Twitter yeah. with, with no did he, vowels. Did he,
2: did, he, did he do it? Yeah. What if, it. It? <laughs> what if he deletes it? What if he deletes yeah, it? Now, what if
0: that happened? You, know, you paid $2 million for it and then he deleted it? Can you sue him? For the $2 bucks, I don't know. I hey. think we should be able to sue him for it. I mean, it's gone now. All of a sudden, he, oh, I'm sorry, I accidentally deleted my tweet. I don't know. My $2 million? Hey. No, so that's hey. how you would lose it. Jack Dorsey's totally controlling it. You can just go delete, and it's hey. gone forever hey. and ever and ever. Hey, so I many, so totally many questions. About that. You're out $2 million. So many questions. <laughs> so, few, so few answers. Because, you know, it's all nonsense. This is just nonsense. But whatever. Hey. hey. You want to throw and buy a million dollar tweet? The, the, you you there's going to
1: be in, there's going to be inflation. You got to find something else besides your tech. That's what
0: the problem is. Inflation is driving all this very ridiculous decision making by everyone. Pump and
2: Powell! Thank you. Uh, pump and uh, do go green on the session. Up yeah. oh, a Should dollar. Dip.
0: Eight o'clock when I came on and said buy know. the. What about the dip?
2: 30 not 38 40 75 buck 75 what a what a spirited wrap by the dippers are relentless here wow this is some good volatility all right i said we'll do some ticker time and then we got
1: distracted so let's do a couple tickers before we wrap it up here sure let me me scroll up though to find a few because it's been a few minutes find some good ones um Oh, fire! We should, I know we mentioned Fire FireEye, but you want to pull up the chart because uh, yeah we did. The and, CEO uh, was on Kramer, I think, on Thursday or Friday. It's at
0: 18 level, but it's up yeah, now, so yeah, it's you're going to
2: get it at 18. Way.
0: No, it's going the wrong way, so I'm I'm out. There's no trade here for me. 18. Uh,
2: if it came down to the close, you had two, I mean, 19. I mean, if you're trying to pick it up on the cheap 19, but sure. Doesn't feel like that. A trading. Oh, that was yesterday. or uh, the high too from yesterday. So maybe, yeah, maybe 19 and a quarter, throw something out there. I mean, if they do the gap fill at 19 then you're done, but that's a tough one. That is a tough one.
0: They don't want to talk XL fleet. Apparently they put out, I don't, don't know the headline here. Did they put out, a. I know the short report that came out last yeah. week. They say did the company say something in response to that this morning? People are talking about it. The stock yep. is up slightly.
1: Yep, they, not they re- much. They responded. Oh man, I gotta pop this out. Hold on a second. Uh, okay, so yeah, they responded this morning. I could let me see if I could skim real fast. Um, oh, by the way, they report earnings on the thirtieth. But what a
0: hammering the stock! Look at the spacs. This is just you know, obviously this was a spac before ten dollars. To 30 and all the way back to 10. You know now you got to think 10. You know, but then again this is X deal, so we know we've seen a lot of SPACs like Clover Health and a lot of other ones breach the 10 support post deal, and they don't find the support there the second time around. I don't know much about the fundamentals of XL Fleet at all, so you know I would say if I was looking at this thing though, you got to think 10 is going to provide some you know support here now, but hard to be a buyer of this chart. It's just Awful.
2: Yeah, a lot of times when they come out the short reports, they whack it and then they it just doesn't bounce on the out better it. than
0: they leak back. I mean, this isn't these are high spec plays. Like XL, don't think this is just you know a value. This is a high speculative. All those specs, they're these are newer companies. A lot of these don't even have revenue. These are all very speculative plays. Some of these companies are not going to make it. I'm not saying XL is going to be one of those, but you just have to be aware. I know everybody thinks, oh, it's back to 10. And, you know, I'm going to be safe at 10. And, yes, we did cut through 10 and we bounced there. So that's why I'm saying that's a level here now. But it's not a line in the sand. After they got, after they're through the deal, pre-deal, you can get your money back if they don't get a deal. But there's so many SPACs out there, they're getting bad deals now is the problem. They're getting bad valuations and they're buying companies that maybe they wouldn't be buying if it wasn't so competitive out there. So you are seeing, you know, you were seeing deal announcements. Stocks go down on deal announcement. You weren't seeing that a month ago. So it makes it tough to just be a buyer at 10. They get a bad deal. My stock could go down to nine or eight or more. So, I mean, I've lightened up my SPAC portfolio. I had a pile of them before. I've sold a few into the deals. Like, you know, the, I, I said that I sold this SVAC. I'd sold the majority of it into that, you know, the deal pop. Because they just weren't responding well to a lot of these. And the company they were buying, I actually didn't mind the starboard one. I think I might have held a small piece, but um, it's it's tough. The, the deal announcer they're just not getting that love. Even the good ones, like you're going to see some pretty good deals here in the last couple of days, and they're not getting any love, really much love at all. So it has been the play to sell into the deal announcement. SNPR, classic example there. Tortoise acquisition, I had a pile of that one. And I did sell some into the deal announcement. I wish I would have sold it all. I mean, the, obviously, the stock was trading significantly higher. Different market for SPACs a month ago. Went from 13 to 18 and a half. You think, oh, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good company that they're acquiring. And, you know, it's just leaked it all right back down and got I back,
2: I, I, back. I I was skeptical of those. I didn't play any of those. I mean, I know you guys did well on it and, and played it, but I, I just, uh, to me, I mean, you just had to get rid of it, and that had been the mantra. I don't know if there are more – it just got to be too many of them. And you know who also was pretty focused on this? Uh, Remember we had Craig Johnson on a couple weeks ago, a month ago, Mm -hmm. and he said, hey, this is not a new phenomenon. This is what happened last time, and he brought up that chart, and it just showed – you know, the historical performance, but yeah, there's still some But, but yeah,
0: we can't though, but Craig went back years and you're looking at historical performances, you know, of SPACs and they've never got any attention at all before. So yeah, you're going like to you yeah. Know, yeah, we never had any attention. So I don't think you can extrapolate back. I love Craig. Um, I don't know if I completely agree with that analysis because you can't extrapolate back to like five years ago on SPACs and looking at them because nobody talked about them. There wasn't even, an, I, I would see a SPAC, I would never trade it because they didn't move. They just sat there 10, the odd, you know, one, you know, a hundred get a deal or whatever. Maybe it was more than that, but it never seemed like there was any excitement. So it's different now, um, you know, because these are on the radar and it's a different way for companies to go public. And I do believe there's going to be some good companies that go public this way. There's just so many SPACs that they're getting, you know, it's just, they're, paying. They gotta, they're getting bad deals because yeah. there's just too many of them. It's too competitive. Speaking of, did you see Tomas
1: Tweeto tweets over the weekend? He was going to flame pretty hard. Um, how do you guys calculate your performance relative to like a benchmark? Because uh, here's, here's how Chamath does it. Uh, Chamath, I'm just gonna read you his tweet. Okay. I, lo- I looked at my relative performance versus the S and P five hundred, three point six percent versus two point three percent equals fifty six percent above the benchmark.
0: And then he's, but you got to think of something else, which isn't very impressive. Sorry, Chamath, but he's getting <laughs> the benefit. He's getting the pops. You know, he's like right. doing. He's getting that whole benefit yeah. to it all. So if you're not killing the market, and you're gonna imagine, you know, like like I said, you know, when Warren Buffett buys a stock, this, he's automatically up five percent because when the day it gets announced that he bought it, it's going yeah. to go up. So there's a there's a cushion, there's a push up because he's the one involved. His name, Chamas, got the big name too. You know, he's doing these all of his spacs were trading at a premium even before pre deal just because it was Chamas deal and he had yeah. done the big deal off the hop. So he's known as like the spac guy um you know obviously he wants to do the whole letters of the alphabet all 26 of them or whatever so i don't know it's, it's you know he can talk you know and say oh yeah I'm, I'm still beating the benchmarks here but he he talks a little bit too much maybe it's just that is some world-class spin right there i, yeah.
1: I am i am beating the benchmark by 56 because i'm yeah. up three, i'm up three percent and they're up two percent yeah
0: well yeah like market's up one percent i'm up two percent i'm Fifty percent better than the market, or hundred percent better than the market. I'd be a hundred percent better than the market at that point in time. That is a spin.
2: <laughs> They're attributing uh, wow. some of this rally here to uh, David Tapper's on CNBC, and he's uh, he's. I a- thought it
0: was me. I was. Both no, an hour no, ago.
2: it was you thirty handles market. ago, Dennis. I moved yeah. the whole market I was both
0: <laughs> an hour ago when we started the show.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, David's I want the credit
0: it. for that that <laughs> right. gets bullish the markets at 8 a.m on pre-markets prep and we rallied 25 handles since that should be the headline Benzinga. <laughs> All right.
1: I, I saw a couple of Super Chats, uh, one about Tesla, one about uh, stocks that, that go up during a uh, a, a downturn. Uh, we didn't get to them, but I've written them down. We will cover them. If not at the afternoon show, then definitely tomorrow morning. Uh, so I apologize uh, to the, for those uh, Super Chats. We didn't get to those yet. But it is 9.06. We've got to run. Sure. Uh, everyone hit that like button on YouTube. I don't know. Last I checked, we were at like 100 likes, which is That's not going to Get me dinner. How many likes are we at right now? Actually, 390. Uh, 390. Okay, so we've gone up since then. I said last I checked. It was like a while ago. Uh, let's get those likes up, everyone. Uh, thank you very much to our guest, Tim Quast. Once again, today's show is sponsored by Market Structure Edge. To learn more, go to marketstructureedge.com. The link is right there on the screen. If you're listening via podcast, please remember all the information From our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day.